0: Yeah, good. Good morning. What a great morning to celebrate graduates. It's been awesome to be here. For those of you I have not had the pleasure of meeting, my name is Dan Hamrick. I'm the family pastor here at Colonial Woods, and Grad Sunday is probably one of my favorite Sundays um, to to be a part of Colonial Woods, just because for me, I've been here for over 16 years now, and so some of these graduates I've met maybe for the first time this year, but some of you I've known since preschool. I've seen you in the two-year-old room, in the three-year-old room, and what an honor it is today to be able to be here this morning and chat with you and so we're going to jump right in um, to our passage this morning. Matthew chapter 5. It's from the message version so we're going to put it on the screen so you can follow along but I love how this says it here. It says in uh, starting verse 14, here's another way to put it. You're here to be light. Bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. Now there is so much to unpack in this passage and Todd and Katie are gonna be coming up to speak about this in a little bit and they told me that I only have eight minutes and so I'm gonna take the next 20 minutes to uh, unpack this and let's look at this. Here's the first thing I see about this passage. It says, that it says we as believers are called to be light. We as believers are called to be light. It says there in verse 14, it says you're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in this world. I love that phrase, God colors. I love it because what it means is that every single one of us is called to shine the light of Jesus in our own unique ways. That we as a church are called to bring Jesus everywhere. That's, That's you and me are called to share the God colors of this world. And, and the thing is, is so often when we read this passage, I don't know about you, I see this going, okay, I'm supposed to share this light. I'm supposed to take this everywhere I go. And so, so often I kind of turned it into kind of a checkbox, the that, that type of thing that, hey, I'm gonna walk through this, this world and say, hey, I gotta check this off. And so I'm gonna make sure I'm at church every Sunday and hopefully someone will see me. Light shined, right? Or, or maybe we say, hey, I'm going to smile at, at three new people this week. And so as I walk through this, I'm going to do that. So one, two, three, I smile. Check, it's a light that I, I checked it off a box. Now, here's the deal. All of those things are really important. That Those aren't bad things, but we can't make them a, a checkbox item list. We're called to shine our light at all times. Now, living in Port Huron for, for 16 plus years, I've kind of taken some things for granted. When I first got here, it was one of those things where I was like, hey, there's a beach. I'm going to go down here. There's a lighthouse, all this type of stuff. And now I've been here a while and people coming to town like, you have a beach. And I'm like, yeah, it's been there the whole time. Right? We kind of get used to that, that going on, but I remember when the first time I came here, and I remember going to Lighthouse Beach the first time when you're seeing all that, and they find out the history of Port Huron, and back when they let you walk up there and, and do all the time. It was so cool to be a part of that, and I, I remember looking at that lighthouse and thinking, man, lighthouses, that light is just turning circles, just shining a light. Right? It's looking for the ships out in sea to see if they need any help. Imagine this, though. Imagine a light that's pointing just straight. If that lighthouse just went straight, waiting for a ship to cross and go, man, I hope a ship crosses in there if they need help. It's kind of at some point in time, it's going past there, and and maybe it'll happen. It'd be like, no, that's not the way it works. The light is continually circling around, looking for the ship, while the ship looks for the light. That's what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be a people group that goes around in circles and moves around so that that we can look for people who need this light. And when it talks about those God colors, the cool thing about that is that sometimes the color that I shine might not be the color you shine because that's what it's needed. So if you need someone to go sit in a room and be quiet and kind of sit next to someone, guess who's not the person? I don't know if you know this, I'm a little loud. And so I'm not always the guy to go sit and just be quiet at times, but you know who is? Pastor Brian. And where my red light might not work, his blue light would. Or or if you need someone to sing a hymn, an old hymn, and know every word, guess who's not the person? But Pastor Bruce is. And where my green light doesn't work, his red one does. And if you need wise, sage advice, you think that maybe you're going to go to Pastor Phil. But it's not, it's Pastor Ann. <laughs> He's ripping up my paycheck as we speak. You see, we all have different gifts and abilities And God calls us to use those to shine our God colors in this world. The second thing in this passage that you see is that we as believers are called to go public with our light. It says there in verse 15, God is not a secret to be kept. We are going public with this. And here's the thing about going public with something. It's public. It means people are going to see it. People are going to notice what's going on. And so, the guy with the Jesus bumper sticker that cuts you off and tells you the one way to get to heaven, (laughs) it's noticeable. It's the family pastor who has family issues. I hear pastors sometimes get up here and go, Well, as a pastor, I even struggle with this. And here's the problem with that. Of course, they do, they're human. You see, when we go public with something, it's public, but that doesn't mean it has to be bad because what that does is it shows that there is a need, a need for a savior. And we are called to take this light and we are called to show it in all of our human form so we can show the world that there is a Jesus who came to save and we are called to go public with that so that the world can know that. The third thing that I see in this passage is that we as believers are called to let our light shine. We're called to take this light everywhere. And it says, I'm putting you on a light stand now that I put you there on a hilltop and a light, shine. Take this everywhere you go and shine. Be Jesus everywhere you go. So here's the problem though. Sometimes when it comes to answering that call, we struggle to respond. Sometimes even though we know that we're supposed to shine everywhere we go, we don't.
1: When I love God and I love others, It's like this light is sitting out on top of this bucket, shining for everyone to see. Matthew chapter 22, verses 36 through 39 says, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. So in the words of artist and songwriter Danny Gokey, we gotta keep it real simple, bring it back to ground zero because it all comes down to this, love God and love people. What does it mean to love God? Well, here Jesus is referring back to Deuteronomy chapter six, which is known as the Shema. We're starting in verse four, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your strength. You see the Shema, this became the Jewish confession of faith. It was recited every morning and every evening by devoted Jews. And they actually start their synagogue services still today by reciting the Shema together. But all this comes from the truth that God is to be loved simply because of who he is. He and he alone is God. And he's made this promise, this covenant with you and I, with his people. So God gives himself to us, his people totally in love, And so he expects that we give ourselves back to him totally in love. But you see, Jesus, he didn't stop there. He continues in verse 39 saying, love your neighbor as yourself. And here again, Jesus is referring back to the Old Testament in Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18, which says, do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among you, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. You see Jesus, he restates this truth that loving others should be a natural and logical result. It complements our love for God. You see, you can't have loving God without loving others. You can't love others without loving God. You see the first, it can't stand alone. It has to have the second. So our greatest command is to love God and to love others. But how do I love God? You see, God wants us to love Him exclusively above all else. Lukewarm, half-hearted, apathetic fondness for God, that's simply not going to do. He wants our total devotion. Most of us probably remember a time when we first fell in love with something or with someone. I remember falling in love with the sport of football from a really young age. I love football. You can go in my basement and see my shrine um, to the Indianapolis Colts still today. But as a kid, I was the girl that would go into the school library in elementary school and I would check out books on different NFL football teams. I read up on the Green Bay Packers, on the Pittsburgh Steelers, on the Chicago Bears. All teams that I would never root for today, but I read up on them as a kid. I was the girl who would sit in her parents' bedroom every Sunday afternoon, and they had this tiny little TV up there, and I would watch football all afternoon. I was also the girl who really wanted her little brother to play football. I spent hours outside with him, trying to teach him how to throw a spiral. And when that didn't work, I became QB, and I was having him run routes trying to catch the ball. And when that didn't work, I became the holder and I tried my hardest to get that boy to learn how to kick a field goal. Needless to say, my brother did not play football, but that didn't change how much I love the sport. I, My friends knew on my birthday weekend, hey, Katie's going to have a party, but we're going to go to the football game and then go to Katie's house because it was a big deal. We played our county rivals every year my birthday weekend. It's still a tradition that I like to go back and try and watch that football game still today. I love football. And many of you probably have things that you love, your spouse, a best friend, your family, a sport, a hobby. And you probably remember the first time you fell in love with that. It was that single-minded, all-consuming adoration that we have for that thing. That's, what the, that's the type of love that God desires from us. You see, we love God when we praise Him and worship Him, when we keep His commands, when we do His will, when we spend time listening, praying, singing, simply sitting in His presence. It's that all-consuming, passionate, single-minded focus that God desires. And then, out of that love, we should be loving other people. But loving your neighbor isn't as easy as it sounds, right? You could totally think like, oh, I got this, I'm doing this right, and then all of a sudden you're like, whoo, didn't do that right. (laughs) You know, it's easy to love people who are lovable. We love people when we um, confess our, when we forgive one another, when we have compassion towards one another, when we realize, hey, we're all humans, we all mess up. When we sit in the joys and sorrows with other people, when we forgive one another. We're loving other people. It's easy to love people who are like us, right? People who share similar interests. Any other football fans out there? It's probably easy for me to love you because we share a similar interest. But what about those people who make it really hard to love them? Maybe it's someone who's wronged you. Maybe it's someone that you find completely annoying. Maybe it's someone who has done something in this world or who believes something different from you or someone who is simply just different from you. And for whatever reason, we struggle so much to love that person, let alone even like them. We're called to shine these God colors We're called to shine this light. But when we're not loving other people and when we're not loving others like we're supposed to, I don't know if we're really shining. I think our our light might be sitting in our bucket. I grew up in a small town, um, went to a small school. I've had the same group of friends since I was in third grade. Tiffany, Ashley, Emily, Hannah, Shauna. We were quite the group of young ladies. We did everything together from birthday parties to just random sleepovers, where we made these really silly videos, which we thought were super cool, so we posted them on YouTube, all these sorts of things. We were in band together, we did choir together, we played sports together. Some of us even ended up at the same college together. Hannah and Emily and I, we all ended up at Huntington University. And while I was in college, Hannah ended up uh, transferring out. But our junior year, Emily and I, along with another one of our friends, Michelle, we decided that we were gonna room together. We were so excited. We had this awesome dorm on campus. It's one of the newer ones. It actually had air conditioning. And so for someone who runs a little warmer, I was all in like, yes, give me the AC. But our room was awesome. We bunked our beds, but we had tall enough ceilings that we didn't just bunk our beds, we lofted our bunk beds. I had to get a baby gate so I didn't fall and hurt myself in the middle of the night. But this room was awesome, and I was so excited to be rooming with two of my best friends. And there's this one night I remember, um, Emily and I were sitting on our futon, because you know every good college student has a futon, and we're sitting there and we're just having a heart-to-heart conversation and in that conversation Emily says I have something I want to share with you I'm like oh okay she said Katie I hated you in high school (laughs) what (laughs) this person who I considered to be one of my best friends someone who I did so much life with confided so many of my my secrets if you want to call them that with And she just told me that she hated me in some of the most formidable years of our friendship. I was so taken aback. I thought that I was loving God and that I was loving others. When in reality, Emily wasn't feeling the love at all. We were able to work through a lot of the pain and the hurts that I had caused her back in high school that evening. We talked through a lot of different stuff. Emily and I are still friends today. You know, We continued to live together through college in our um, first semester of our senior year before I moved up here to Port Huron and before she became a commuter for our last semester at school. And a couple months after, after we graduated, I walked in her wedding with her as one of her bridesmaids. And Emily is still someone that I try and see when I go and visit friends and family back home. We're called to shine this light. We are called to point people to Jesus, to love God, and to love others. But sometimes we don't.
2: I don't know if they were clapping for Katie walking down or me walking up, so... Thank you. I didn't even anything, in they're clapping for me, Pastor. You ever had exciting news that you ever wanted to just share to get out? Anyone? Graduates, have you had any exciting news? Maybe for you, it was the announcement of a recognition you received, an award. Maybe a friend of yours was coming to graduation. Maybe someone today is here to celebrate this moment with you as you were able to be on the stage. Maybe for others of us in the room, it was the announcement of an engagement or, or a pregnancy or, or just something special that took place in our lives that we couldn't wait to share with somebody. Well, my son was three years old. Uh, he was standing up here this morning now, so he's a little bit younger, and we were learning to brush our teeth. Not me, him. And so we shared the bathroom sink where I would put my toothbrush next to his toothbrush. And I would show him how to brush and he would get up and I would help him and take his hand, stand behind him. Well, one night I was getting ready to go into the bathroom to start brushing her teeth. I said, hey, come on, buddy, let's go in and brush our teeth. And he followed me in and he's going, daddy, 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 daddy. And he's so excited. I'm like, oh, okay, hold on, buddy. We're, we're gonna start brushing our teeth because every three-year-old delays going to bed, right? So, daddy, 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 I did a good job. I did a really good job. Okay, and I'm putting my toothpaste on. I start brushing my teeth, and he goes, daddy, daddy, I did a really, really good job. I paused for a moment, and I thought, well, I got a toothbrush in my mouth, and he's very excited about something, and I said, what, what did you do a really good job on, buddy? And he said, when your toothbrush fall in the potty, I washed it really good. <laughs> Can I tell you that exciting news to other people is not exciting news all the time to the receiver. Also, there's a thing called timely news. It would have been exciting to hear that before I put the toothbrush in my mouth. You know, the disciples received some exciting news More than 2,000 years ago, when Jesus gathered them, they were on a mountain, a hillside outside of Galilee, and he gathered them together, and he told them, he said, all authority. Now, the Greek word for this is exousia. So you want to sound smart today? Say exousia. Exousia. No, only three of you said it. Exousia. Exousia. This sounds so intelligent. Jesus gathered them, and he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So I want you to go into all the nation. I want you to go into all the worlds, and I want you to baptize the people in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I want you to teach them everything that I have commanded you. And I will surely be with you to the very end of the age. Now, that's exciting news. That's something that got them going. Do you know that that exciting news that he shared with his apostles and his followers on that day is the same command that he gives us? The problem is many of us Christians, we're afraid. We're nervous. It's awkward to share this good news. How do I do it? Where do I present it? It's the greatest news we could ever share. But most of the time it's news that we put it in a bucket, and we carry it around. And very few people really get to see the light of Christ shining in or through our lives. According to George Barna's research, almost half of participating millennials in his research who are Christians agreed that it was wrong to share one's faith in the hopes of getting someone who you were sharing it with to believe what you believe. 47%. Jesus didn't stutter when he gave the Great Commission. Hudson Taylor said it great. He said, the Great Commission is not an option to be considered. It is a command to be obeyed. If we are Christians, disciples, followers of Jesus, then we must go and share the only news that really matters, and that's that Christ was born. He lived a perfect life. He died but didn't stay dead. He rose again on the third day, conquering sin and death. That is the great news that we have to share. And you know what? We need to share it with everyone that will listen. Jesus died for the world, for all humanity. He rose again, conquering death, and Jesus offers a new life, hope, and forgiveness through a relationship with him. I don't know about you, but my world, the people that I meet and come in contact with, me personally, I'm not going to reject a new life. I'm not going to reject the chance to have hope in something that's eternal. (laughs) And who doesn't want unconditional love, forgiveness, and acceptance? We get so excited about our news, but it's the good news It's the good news that impacts eternity. My news doesn't. My news shows Todd. When I share Jesus, it impacts eternity. So how do we move from where we're at to sharing this light of Jesus? The first thing we need to do is we need to engage people. We need to actually connect with people. Get out of our comfort zone. Build relationships. Invite, invest. The second is extend. There's an invitation that needs to take place. Do you know that they were doing a poll many years ago, David Kinneman, and I'm into numbers and I like numbers, but they said over 98% of the people that are invited to church accept an invitation. And of that percentage, they said, we've just never been invited. Sometimes we just need to extend an invitation to somebody. And then we need to get excited. We need to get excited. That's the students over here. They did that for my sake. You know what? If I'm excited, for crying out loud, Pastor Katie broke out in a sweat talking about football. Let's get excited about Jesus. Let's get excited about eternal lives and changed hearts and minds where people go, oh my word, what do I do? You see, when we get excited, other people go, that's pretty fun. That looks interesting. But when I respond to the Holy Spirit's movement like this, that'd be like Pastor Katie coming up going, I love football. It's awesome. Well, no, she got excited. There was passion. Folks, we need to get excited. I've heard it said that the church is the only organization designed for non-members. If you're part of a country club, that's great, but that's designed for members. Trust me, I've tried to get into one to go golfing. It doesn't work that way. The church is designed for non members. Now, when you come and you become part of the body, we equip the saints to do the ministry of the church, to share the light. That's what we do. But I'm telling you, we're here for the lost and the broken and the messed up. In and, and Mark chapter 2, verses 17, Jesus says to those around him, He says, Listen. <laughs> I haven't come for those who think they're righteous and better than everyone else. I'm not here for the healthy. I'm here for the sick. I'm here for those who don't know they're already righteous, but I'm here for those who say, I'm a sinner and I need salvation. I need help. So, how do we share the God colors that we've talked about with our world, our community? I love, I love Colonial Woods. If for no other reason, we encourage people to join, be a part of ministries, and to say, what's your God color? How are you reflecting? One of the ways we can do that is invite someone to the block party. I don't know if you've been to the block party. It is designed for our community. It's designed for your neighbors, my neighbors, old, young, tall, short, fat, skinny, ugly, good looking. It doesn't matter what you are. You are invited. We want you to come and experience something different. And the people who volunteer and are a part of it who make up most of you, we get to share our God colors and point people to Jesus. Another amazing thing that Colonial Woods makes it easy for us to share is Vacation Bible School, VBS. It's coming up in just a few months. I tell you what, it is so cool when we have the opportunity maybe to walk across the street and say, hey, I haven't met you. My name's Todd. I see you have little ones running around. Man, I would love to just extend an invitation and hear some information about Vacation Bible School. We have hundreds and hundreds of children fill our church for a week. And it's loud and and it's and it's wonderful because we create an environment that's safe and caring and loving and we share Jesus with them through our words our actions we just want to care on them and we want to provide this light to them how amazing is that and another one might be the Christmas season we do Christmas Eve services that are just absolutely beautiful and honoring to God maybe it's the Christmas musical How cool is that when the light of heaven stepped out and became the light of the world and was born as a baby and we're reminded of that. And you know what, I'm telling you this, people will accept those invites. They will accept those invitations if we just get beyond ourselves. Another area that I I have a fondness for is the student ministry. Our middle school and high school student ministry, C-56, we do events and we do ministries throughout the year from Sunday to midweek. To, but we have a school's outbash coming up. That's for anyone that falls in that age range. But we want them to know when you show up to Colonial Woods, we want you to know you belong. Because God's carved out a place for each and every single one of us when we accept him as our Lord and Savior. Another one is the online ministry. I love our online ministry. There are people right now joining us online, and I think it's crucial. I think it's an easy invite because no one has to physically walk into this building to experience Colonial Woods for the first time. You can watch, you can see what we're about, and you can say, you know what? That's not what I thought it was going to be. That pastor, he's kind of funny. Not me. I'm not the usual. It's him right there. And then we think about our weekly opportunities from Sunday morning services, three different ones, to our midweek opportunities, to our children's ministry, our students' ministry, our access ministry for those college-age students, our, our adult Bible studies, groups that meet, recovery support groups. Folks, we have something where we're able to share these God colors with our community and our world, but it doesn't matter. And it's all worth nothing, everything we do, if we're not pointing to Jesus. Jesus is the light of the world. And so may we never forget that all of these opportunities, these God colors, are to bring the world to one focus. The light of the world. Jesus has commanded every believer to go into all the world and to share the gospel the good news of Jesus Christ. So I want us to ask ourselves a few questions. Do we see this as our ultimate mission in life? Is this something that gets me excited? Is this something I'm practicing? What am I doing to fulfill this all-important command? And then finally, what steps can I take this week to fulfill the great command and the great commission to love and to share the light of the world.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Todd. Yeah. On behalf of Todd and Katie, uh, Pastor, thank you for letting us share this morning um, what God has laid on our heart. We really feel This is the mission of Colonial Woods and uh, of the church in general. And so that's our challenge today, that we can go out and and share this light with everybody. Would you pray with me and and accept this challenge this morning as we close our service today? Father, we thank you. We thank you for allowing us to be a church with God colors. And Lord, I pray that we don't just leave those lights in here under a bucket... (laughs) but that we can take our light and shine it into this world to further your kingdom. Father, may we look for dark places that need your light. Lord, sometimes it's a dim place that needs your light, but whatever it is, may we look with the eyes that you've given us. See the way you see. See people the way you see them as people who just need you. That's our challenge this morning, that we can go out this week and share your light. We love you. We give you all the glory and honor this morning. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen.